The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet, the Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ, all lower. And we are brought to you by T2 Computing, a new kind of IT solutions company for workflow, mobility, and infrastructure. Let them explain how their expertise can help you gain greater business value. Visit T2Computing.com for more information. Now, let's head right over to the first word breaking news desk for today's afternoon call. Here he is, Bill Maloney. Good afternoon, Charlie. Main U.S. averages are under pressure today with the Dow currently down 58 points. S&P's drop 11 and NASDAQ declines 45. The small cap 600 is lowered by 5 points and the U.S. 10 yield at 1.56%. 8 out of 10 S&P sectors are lower, led by losses in healthcare, materials, and technology, gains for utilities and telecom. Dow transports are a little changed. NASA biotechs were hit hard, falling 3.2%. Utilities gain 1, and the VIX is higher by 10%. Dow leaders to the downside included United Health Group, Merck, and Caterpillar, while Nike, Walmart, and Chevron led to the upside. Newmont Mining fell as much as 8.3% amid declines in gold, while specialty pharma names led to decline in the S&P 500 healthcare index. Mylan fell as much as 5.9%. After the bell tonight, look for earnings from Workday, HP, and Williams-Sonoma. Live from the first of breaking news desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Charlie? All right, thank you very much. We'll be all over those earnings, Bill Maloney. And to hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg-type squawk, S-Q-U-A-W-K on your terminal. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. You're listening to Taking Stock with Pim Fox and Kathleen Hayes on Bloomberg Radio. And I'm Alex Branca here for Kathleen Hayes today. And we have Glencore on the mind. The company posted its lowest profit in its five-year history. And it's seen as a reflection of the dire state of the mining industry. Here to tell us more is Phil Gibbs, Vice President and Equity Research Analyst, focusing on the industry at KeyBank Capital Markets. Phil, what does this say about what's going on right now with raw material prices and, and in the industry? in general. Hey, Alex. Good to be with you. Uh, from a high level, I think there's a common th- thread from the release uh, to the rest of the global metals and mining world, and, and, and I think there's a little bit of cautious optimism. There was a clear recognition from Glencore that commodity prices have come off the bottom, and broader second-half profit performance should improve a bit versus the first ho- half. However, no one is jumping for joy given the world remains fragile and the long transition in China, which we've discussed uh, in previous calls here from an infrastructure-led economy to a consumer-based economy is just starting, and that should be a long transition. So Glencore appears to continue to be managing the business in a very conservative manner, focused on reducing their leverage, maintaining their low-cost position, selling non-core assets, and keeping their previously curbed capacities offline until better days are ahead and seen. 
I would say year-to-date, the U.S. steel industry, which I follow more closely, has shown similar supply-side discipline to how Glencore has managed their zinc supply, which has supported steel prices domestically, but we think that's changing. What, zinc and coal prices, what are they, up about 40%? Uh, that is all driven by what, uh, production cuts as well as uh, attempts by Beijing's government to stimulate the Chinese economy? It could be, um, Pim. I, I think I think the, the the key factor here is probably more on on the supply side, um, and, and my my view is more on the on the U.S. Uh, steel industry where where we've become a bit more cautious uh, as of late. I mean, after that big run for let's say U.S. steel, tell us about what's going on in the U.S. steel market. Didn't they uh, sort of? have a bountiful uh, time because of the uh, imposition of import tariffs. They did. Um, I I think we were uh, cautiously optimistic uh, on the industry. I would say balanced to cautiously optimistic most of this year uh, as of late Friday. However, we now believe that supply and demand, particularly for the U.S. sheet producers where U.S. steel would be won, uh, that market we see now tipping to modest oversupply based on our view of peaking demand and bottoming supply. So we think now after the run in steel prices, which steel prices uh, call it hot rolled steel, has been up over 60% off the bottom, we think pricing is now poised to more aggressively correct over the course of the balance of the year here, which did lead to downgrades on our views of U.S. Steel, AK, uh, Steel Dynamics, and Olympic. And I think this environment could also create modest downside risk to 2017 fixed-price automotive contracts, which I think many, many investors at this point hope and, and believe uh, are, are, are or would improve. Is there a catalyst that would tip some of the sentiment around this industry back into more optimism versus maybe a we-are-not-out-of-the-woods-yet uh, situation that we seem to have right now? Yeah, I, I think Alex, it's really all based on on the supply and demand balance, and that's really what we what we hang our hat on. And we really wanted our most recent survey to tell us that demand was stabilizing. Let's say incremental supply wasn't going to be a factor, but that's not really what it said. Um, unfortunately, our our survey came came across and and said that uh, there was more potential for subseasonal growth in key end use markets including automotive and including non-residential construction, which make up about 65% of U.S. steel demand. And I'd also say that U.S. distributor daily sheet volumes are down 3.5% year-to-date. This comes despite modest restocking in the second quarter. And and really what drove us to change our view is that our distributor contacts now expect below normalized seasonal demand patterns in both the third and fourth quarters, which is what really troubled us. And some of that, which which was new, was that that uh, we are starting to see some some more some some new uh, weakness in non-residential construction, and you also have had the um, call to lethargy in the in the mining, rail, ag, and, and energy uh, sectors already. So I think broader caution from us in terms of what we're seeing in in the uh, U.S. Uh, economic indicators as it comes from our U.S. steel channel on the uh, on the demand side. So you're saying maybe just underweight the whole sector for a while. We are. Um, I, I think we're, ta- we're telling people to take a little bit of money off the table until we get uh, some more some more visibility on the, the demand front over the next, call it 45 to 60 days. And I, I think that there's also some natural uncertainty and caution in front of the U.S. election. This is a very important election for, for folks, and, and that could also lead to some 
some more subdued capex over the next like I said, um, 30 to 60 days. Thanks Another for thing it. I- we got to leave it there. Phil Gibbs is vice president and equity research analyst for metals and the mining for KeyBank Capital Markets, talking about the steel industry. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg Taking Stock is brought to you by Time Warner Cable Business Class. If your business relies on the phone company, you may be getting less than you deserve. Make the switch to more speed, more value, and more savings. Visit business.twc.com slash more. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.